Hello, everyone, and welcome to HY Dyslexia Podcast. It's such a pleasure to be back again doing our podcast. The part of my job that I love, love, love. Great speaking to amazing people um, with dyslexia who have really, um, you know, achieved so much in their, in their journey with dyslexia and other specific learning difficulties. My name is Elizabeth Techi, the CEO and the founder of A2Y Dyslexia. We've been funded by the Lottery Community Fund, Social Enterprise Support Fund and Resident Limited. And we are so, so, so happy and thank you to the funders for bringing this amazing podcast. We've got many podcasts to come for the um, season eight. Oh, I've remembered. Didn't think I would, but I have. And it's great, 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 great to have our guest with us today. But before we start the podcast, I want to say really big special thank you to our producer, Yola Piyoski. I hope I've pronounced their name right, who has been so patient with A2I and working with us on all our podcasts. She is one phenomenal lady. And I really want to say thank you to uh, Yola from Salt and Pepper Productions. She makes this possible because otherwise we can't come to your homes to, for you to listen to our podcast. But today we have a very special guest with us. Her name is Wendy Blenheim. I hope I've pronounced her name right. And if I haven't, she will correct me. And today's topic is dyslexia and career aspirations. And I am so excited to hear so much about the things that Wendy has achieved during her um, time that she was diagnosed, which wasn't very long ago. You know, I think it's about a couple of years ago that she got diagnosed with dyslexia, dyspraxia. And something that I wasn't aware of, but it's known as inattentive subtype type of ADHD. Now, just before we start, I also would like to say pronunciation is a problem for me. So if I do stumble on a word, do pardon me. I do have dyslexia, dyspraxia, dyscalculia, and visual stress. So all the disses you can think of. But enough of me now. I'd like to introduce Wendy to HY Dyslexia Podcast. Wendy, how are you? Hi, good afternoon, Elizabeth. I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on this podcast. Wonderful. It's such a pleasure to have you here. I know you've been following a lot of our podcasts and our live shows, particularly over some years now. And, um, you know, we've got in contact and it's great to have you here. And I don't want to say too much, but I want you to have a little bit of introduction about you and um, why you think that dyslexia and all the other specific learning difficulties that we've both been diagnosed with, as well as some of our listeners been diagnosed with, and why it's so important to follow their career path dreams and all their aspirations over to you um so as you said before um i have been recently diagnosed um last year i was diagnosed with dyslexia and dyspraxia and this year beginning of this year i was diagnosed with inattentive adhd this is during my studies at king's college london while i was training to be a systemic family practitioner and I have passed the course, which is great. So um, I'm really pleased with that. But during the training, it was really difficult because I was diagnosed, as I said before. And because of COVID and the lockdown, I also had to get all of my equipment and my assessments done online. So that was really difficult. But I've managed to now become a family therapist, which is great. And it's one of the career paths that I've always wanted to follow. And I didn't have an opportunity to do that before. And I have now. So as I said, 
you know, I've been counselling for 28 plus years. I'll have my own private practice, but having a family therapy is another string to my bow. That's absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Wendy. Um, it's just great, isn't it? When you're, you know, you've been diagnosed with uh, dyslexia and dyspraxia and all the other specific learning difficulties. And it's taken quite some time for you to kind of, um, am I right in saying, or am I right in saying that, um, was it a bit of a shock when you were diagnosed with dyslexia and all the other specific learning? In a way it was and it wasn't because when I was at primary school and secondary school, when things were difficult in my class, I would either, they called it bunked off class or didn't go to class at the time. And I'll just like, just make sure I wasn't there. So teachers didn't really like investigate what it was where they just thought I was just being naughty so I just didn't go to class when it was difficult so nobody really picked picked it up and then when I was doing my master's with counselling again they sort of picked up something but they weren't they didn't give me the assessment so it's only when I went to King's in 2020 I just thought I don't want to struggle again academically let me see if I can do an assessment. And this was on the back of being a specialist mentor for another university, working with students with dyslexia, ADHD, autism. And I just kept thinking to myself, I understand them so well. I can really relate to them if they're speaking my language. So I thought more and more, I thought, do I have something similar to them? And what I did was I asked my manager at the uni that I was working uh, if I would be able to have an assessment and she said uh, it would cost a lot of money if I did so I just thought well I haven't got a lot of money right now so I'll just have to plod on and then I had the opportunity to study at King's for the systemic family practice and I just thought like go straight to the disability student officer and tell her what I thought might be going on and as soon as I went into the office I didn't even sit there for 10 minutes she said yeah I can I can see even without an assessment I can tell that you have dyslexia and then I had the assessment and at the assessment I thought I really did well and I looked at the person who was doing the assessment and I said I think I've done it I'm you know I'm, I'm okay and he said no you have dyslexia so it was a shock but it wasn't a shock if you see what I mean because I knew there was something but I wasn't sure what it was mm -hmm. and what difference has having the diagnosis what difference has it made in your life it's allowed people in my life like my children and my husband and work colleagues and friends to understand me a bit more because they would say why are you late why are you doing things like that why are you clumsy why are you falling over why aren't you doing things the way that we do things you know and so I used to get a lot of stick from people because they used to think I was doing it on purpose even though I put my all in to try and be on time or to get organized it just did not happen so they were quite frustrated with me so now they help me they they like help they, they'll sit with me and they say do that remember you were focusing on this do this first so they would guide me more than sort of rush me to do things they would help me do the things not actually do it for me but they'll sit and they'll sort of navigate is that probably that's the word so it's helped a lot and, the, and at work as well um 
I was taught it was really good one of your shows Elizabeth you talked about access to work which I didn't know you could get for dyslexia and, and um, ADHD and and um, other neurodiversity I think neuro neurodiverse I think that's what they call it now um, so from the back of your show I was able to get access to work and I've got my equipment they give me time between my clients and it's just you know it's really helped a lot uh, even with studying, um, I got these uh, student finance and I got all the software that I needed. The only thing about that was they were teaching me to use the software online through the pandemic. So I didn't really get to use all the software as much as I wanted to because it was so difficult to learn something online when you have dyslexia and ADHD because even just putting on the computer and putting the software on was difficult for me. Um, but now um, I, I use that in my everyday work. So it's been really, really useful having that diagnosis. Wonderful. Now, today's topic is about dyslexia and career aspirations. Now, I know that you finished your master's. You're now a qualified, one big word that I can't say. You might be able to say it for me. Um, you know, family therapist, but it's a partial yeah. word for it, isn't it? And yeah. I'm sure you'll tell me what that word is after. Um, so obviously your career is now going in one direction something you've always dreamt of some, something you've always wanted to be and now you're doing it now and you've, you've passed with flying colors it couldn't have been easy studying during 2020 pandemic during lockdowns and i think really you've done really well there wendy you're a true inspiration to so many people who are um both in education or who have graduated graduated rather or who aspire to you know, um, unlock their full potential through education. So what does career aspirations really mean to you? And what advice would you give? I've probably got too many questions in one. I'll ask you the first one first. What does career aspirations mean to you? So career aspirations means to me is, it's something that you, a goal that you want to achieve, something that you aim for, um, something that you, yeah, that's something that you enjoy and that, that is something that will you feel that make your life um, better in some way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's great actually. Yeah, because I think you know we, we have dreams. I think everybody. I'd like to say everybody's got dreams, or some people have dreams. I don't want to generalize. And sometimes you set yourself that goal. I mean, I've got a vision board, and I've got so many things pinpoint pinned on there. And I always say to myself, I want to achieve that by this date. I want to achieve that by this year. Mm -hmm. It may not go according to plan. Mm -hmm. Somehow, some way, I've achieved a few of them. Yeah, and one of them is actually running our own podcast, which we're doing now. Yeah, you know, which is really amazing. I used to listen to so many other podcasts. Like, How did they do that? Until I found the amazing Yola, who said, "We do it like this. That simple." And of course, you know, I always say that great minds think together. Yeah. You know, um, Yola's expertise and having the guests come on and speak about, um, you know, the, the um, aspirations and all the great things they're achieving through a podcast. Because yeah. not everybody may want to sit and watch something. That's People cool. may want to listen to it. You know, and and I think this is such a great platform. And this was one of our dreams at HY Dyslexia and we're fulfilling it or shall I say a career aspiration yeah. so yes I do agree with you you know you can achieve mm -hmm. if I wouldn't say if you set your mind to it but I think you can achieve if you believe it if you believe you can yeah you, you would definitely get to the other end yeah and and I think you, it was important what you said you know sometimes we have um, a certain time uh, I wanted to be a systemic family practitioner or family ther therapist for years and 
I was just given the opportunity to do to do that in 2020 but it was years ago that I wanted but I never let go of that dream and I found a way to 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 do that to fulfill my dream awesome that's so great honestly you're so inspirational Wendy when I read your article that you wrote from is it UCL and uh for Kings KCL Kins do you know I always get the two mixed up you know why don't you because it's got L in it and C yeah It's got L and a C somewhere, so I always get it muddled up for some reason. However, you know, it, you've just done so well, and I'm so proud of your achievement. And, you know, I think your children will be proud of you, and your students that you're supporting will be so proud of all the things that you've achieved. Now, that didn't come easy, did it, Wendy? It didn't, not at all, no. It was really difficult. Um, and it, I think it was because I'm uh, quite a mature student as well, and um, I'm a carer. and you know, I'm looking after my grandchildren, helping my children out. So it was just juggling all those things um, that I had to do at the same time. So it it was difficult, but worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Now I've got very last question for you and we will wrap it up. You know, what advice would you give to someone who's been recently diagnosed, but are battling to actually own it and move on with um, the support that they need? What advice would you give? Yeah, so the first thing would be ask questions about your diagnosis and your report, especially if you don't understand some of the jargon, some of the words, some of the things that have been said. So don't just take your report and just put it in your drawer or, you know, put it aside. Use it. Use it in your workplace. Use it um, uh, in in places where you might uh, need, like, extra support. So just make sure you use that report. The other thing is embrace your diagnosis and find networks and like-minded people who can aspire you and and be role models, as I did with Elizabeth, of course, you know, and that was really great having that um, role model, you know, and and it's not like a role model that you see like, well, Elizabeth, you are a celebrity, but but you know that the celebrities that are outside of our box really look for people that are in, that you can relate to. Um, do not be ashamed or embarrassed to let people know that you have a diagnosis because it will help you in the long run. It will help you uh, achieve things uh, better, get the help that you need and the support that you need. Um, the other thing is um, don't, um, do let people know the best way to contact you as well in, in terms of technology. So for me, technology and texting and messaging, there's ways in my workplace that they know that if they send me an email, sometimes because I'm doing so many things, if it's an important email, what they'll do, they'll text me or even my colleagues and my clients. I'll say, if you need to get in contact with me, if you've not heard back from me, please send me a text and I will follow that up. Um, Ask people to help you organise and manage and read things that you've typed or that you're sending out letters. Just get them to draft, draft, you know, just draft things for you, help you to read that. And your well-being, make sure you get lots of sleep, exercise regularly. Um, I've t- taken up, um, I do Zumba a lot, which is music and dancing, which I really love. And then I'd be able, I'm able to like just switch off from everything. So... I do uh, meditation, I do mindfulness. So there's things that you can do with your well-being as well to switch off. 
um, and like I said, share your diagnosis with others and um, you might be able to help somebody else who might be a bit worried or anxious about having a diagnosis. So you could become their role model as well. And you're not alone. Wonderful. What a brilliant way to end the, the um, podcast. I feel one thing you said was don't be ashamed. You know, most people think, oh, I've been diagnosed with this. How are people going to feel? People are going to say, I always say, I think I've got to a stage in my life, Wendy. Mm-hmm. I actually don't care what people mm-hmm. say anymore. You know, it's all about what help do I need? Where can I go and get it? I need and I'll go and get it because my dyslexia, it, it has its days. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there are days is up, there are yeah. days is down. Mm-hmm. Uh, that reason, I've never been afraid to ask. Yeah. There are some times you think, oh God, I'm asking and could... You know, could a person see me as repetitive? That's because the first time round, I never got what they said. Yeah. I understood it. Mm-hmm. So I might go back and, and, and ask again. And what could be, I mean, what could they say? Either a yes or no. That's isn't right. It? Yeah. That's, and you just move that. on to the next person. Exactly. But I want to say thank you very much, Wendy. Thank you for coming on to A2I Dyslexia podcast. Honestly, you've been absolutely phenomenal. It's great. It's a great, 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 great way to connect with you again. And um, I just want to thank our funders um, for supporting the podcast. And thank you, everybody, for, you know, joining us again. And you're going to have an amazing time with all the different topics that we've got coming from now till the end of the year sometime. So I want to say thank you. Thank you, Wendy, for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Elizabeth. Bye-bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire All Things Dyslexia podcast is funded by National Lottery Community Fund, Social Enterprise Support Fund, and Resonance Limited. It's presented by Elizabeth Tashi and produced and distributed by Salt and Pepper Productions. <laughs>